If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you'll have heard me banging the drum for Airdrie Ladies Football Club. You've helped us to raise £215 towards their costs, and we were delighted earlier this year to see Diamonds in the Community come on as their headline sponsor. That should help make their model sustainable, but we can always do more. And we're delighted to welcome Beer52 as a podcast sponsor with a novel scheme which should help everyone. Here's how it works. How does it offer a free beer sound to you? As a loyal listener of the show, we'd like to reward you with just that, free beer. Thanks to our friends at beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight free exclusive craft beers from around the world. All you have to do is go to beer52.com forward slash Airdrie and cover just 4 for the postage. Airdrie fans know that for the best football thrills, you have to search far and wide. And when it comes to beer, the guys at Beer52 are no different. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise then that they're the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes to date have included Germany, Korea, Norway, South Africa, California, Finland and many more. But they haven't forgotten their roots. They're based right here in Scotland and they're also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer52 is they don't hold you to ransom and you can leave any time. And how does it help Airdrie ladies? For everyone who signs up to their scheme, Beer52 will donate £5 towards the ladies' fundraising cost. I've already done it, I've got my first eight beers, and after today's defeat against Wraith Rovers, I'll be sipping on a craft beer IPA to help numb the pain. So please, get involved, sign up at beer52.com forward slash Airdrie, and £5 will go towards the ladies' team. That's the word beer, the numbers 5 and 2, dot com forward slash Airdrie. Only the Lonely. It's time for our latest monthly catch-up. Transfer windows just closed, and we discuss how best to use them to get the returning Ryan flying. The midfield minefield continues. The panel give their thoughts as to how they would best line up the team in the middle of the park. Broken-hearted. We look back on the big trip to the capital and where it all went wrong. And finally, we looked forward to the league game with Wraith Rovers. If only our predictions had been right. Right, OTL Podcast, we are back at the Four Isles. A big thanks to them for giving us a function suite. If anybody's looking for our 18th party, anniversaries, whatever, it's a great space and they've always been really good to us, so please use them if you can. Uh, I'm joined by Gordon Thompson and John O'Brien. Hi, guys. Hi there. Right, where are we? Uh, the transfer window is just shut, so it's 1st of February. We're recording just before the Wraith Rovers game. There's been one big arrival during the window. It was early on. Andy Ryan came back to a bit of fanfare, I think a lot of excitement among the fans. John, what do you think? Are you happy to see him back? Um, Yes, I am delighted to see him back because I I do think we need uh, uh, someone of his knowledge and know-how. And I think he was a driving force between getting us into the playoffs and he scored a goal which led the match more or less when you know we looked as if we were going through and then lost out in the penalty shootout to Alaba Athletic. It had been a crown and glory, deservedly won the player of the year that year. So 
Yes, I, I just hope you can. It's not a case of oh, don't go back to what you once had because sometimes second time around it doesn't work out. I'm hoping it's not the case. I'll, I'll give a shout out to my brother here when we signed him. He said, "Oh, I'm worried it's going to be the Festino Espria. It's going to be this new toy that Murray's going to mess about with everything, and it's not going to work out." Gordon, you look you like giving us a tactical analysis. What, what do you think? Is it going to be easy to slot Ryan in halfway through a season when he's been a bit short on game time at Dunfermline? Absolutely not. Love Andy Ryan. <laughs> I'm so glad he's back. Um, he gives us a wee bit extra. I think we've already seen it in the first couple of glimpses that we've had him back in the early shot. He's, he's, you know, he's got pace to burn. Uh, he's, he's got things that the other players don't have. You know, he can create something out of nothing, which, you know, I don't really think we had up front. A lot, a lot of good players, but Andy Ryan's got a wee bit of something special. And John, I know that 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 is a really good old adage in football. Sometimes it happens when young players leave a club and come back when they're old men or something like that. But you know, we had on Coyle back twice after he left the first time, and you know, every time was. It was wonderful for us, so I'm, I'm kind of hoping Andy Ryan falls in. Mm-hmm. He's still in his prime. He's only 25 year old, and um, he seems to have everything about him still as well. So it's it's been a it's been a, a kind of slow start for him personally. The Hearts game's got in the way, and, and you know a really dull display last week. But I think we'll, we'll see the benefits of Andy as as the coming weeks go on. But Colin, as you said as well, you know the the new toy sort of thing and how do we fit him in. I think the game plan is for him to be our main striker, but obviously we get Callum Gallagher. They've scored a lot of goals, and Callum is a good player. So I think, you know, that there is that dilemma: do we go four four two and play the two guys together, or does Andy kind of supersede Andy as a centre forward? Uh, Callum is a centre forward, and Callum has to find another role, which he's which he has done. But I think we're all agreed that was Callum's, you know, best position with centre forward. So there is a wee bit of a dilemma there, but I think it's a good one for us to have as well. Guys that can score goals, we get Dale on. 10 or 11 goals, we get Callum on, similar, and we've got Andy Ryan, who we know can, can score a goal every two games at least, you know, in this league as well, so uh, as long as we can get the ball up to them. <laughs> it's interesting, the teams who are at the challenging stage for the, the top four have decided to put the accent on attacking players, players that will get them goals to go up, rather than defensive-minded players, you know, to stop them, the other side scoring, so they see it as the need to get the goals to, to shoot you up the promotion or uh, playoffs last time he was with us he played in a front two and Russell had a very good understanding together so Gordon you've touched on it but I think he's made a decision as to whether do you play him alone and, and today's team's out and he's, it looks as if they've just switched him for Gallagher and Gallagher's dropped to the to the bench or do you think he'd be better deployed in a 4-4-2 and one thing that sticks in mind someone put up there's a, a YouTube clip of all his goals in that season with Airdrie, and there's a brilliant goal down at, was it you that put up, right? There's a brilliant goal down at Clifton Hill where he, he skins the boy about three times and slams it home, but the rest, it's a lot of neat penalty box finishes, so Gordon, you put that video up, what do you think is the best way to deploy yeah, well, Ryan? There, there was a lot of good balls in, believe it or not, for Adam Brown at that point in time, and it was a guy that got, Adam Brown was a guy that got kind of slated an awful lot, but we all knew he had a brilliant delivery into the box, Um you know, there was queries about his work rate, you know, which was probably valid as well. But he got a lot of good supply for you guys. So I think we actually played more of a three when he was here previously with Brown on one side and Russell on the other. And um, yeah, we've got to kind of recreate that. But the, I think the biggest problem that any of our strikers have got at the moment is that we don't kind of tend to play through the midfield. We we do go long an awful lot, and that's something that we, we really do need to rectify. I don't think a lot of your midfielders will get a lot of assists. I know. I know I, I kind of keep winding everyone up with, you know, I, I actually really like Paul Mackay and I, I, I can hear what everyone else is saying, but 
my opinion, Paul McKay gets the ball in the box an awful lot, whether it's the long throws, but he also gets in quite a lot as well. He makes runs and drives into the box, but I've not seen any of the other midfielders really have an awful lot of assists this season. And, you know, that's what counts. I think Hawkshaw is a cracking player and he's not getting a look in. I think it's perceived that he's maybe a bit on the wee side. I don't know, but... Um, we don't seem to create an awful lot and I think that's something that you know Andy Ryan coming back kind of helps me back because he does have that ability to create something out of nothing whereas the other strikers are really relying on service I think we get some seriously good quality for Callum Smith Dale's very energetic and Callum Gallagher is a real penalty box striker so there is a wee bit of conundrum about how to use Ryan best and actually how for us to play you know as a team but I think the midfield engine room is really where it's it's quite mechanical and, and we do need to maybe get a wee bit more out of them in the run and if we want to get promoted or we want to get up and chat these champions that's that's what we really need and John another point you touched on earlier on about the other teams concentrating on strikers strikers win leagues um, you know you need to score an awful lot of goals to win a league I think um, good defences sort of win cups you look at all the teams that win world cups and you know different kind of you know cup competitions they're always built on a really good defence as well and I think you know we actually do quite a decent defence so I wouldn't be scared going into the playoffs but um, obviously we've got to go with champions and scoring goals is what's going to get us there mm-hmm. at the end of the day so I think you know Ryan back great how do we use them today is actually going to be a real adventure for us uh, against Wraith Rovers and the rest is going to look like egg in our face if it goes the wrong way but it'll be really interesting to see the difference Today, we Andy Ryan the centre forward as opposed to the last time we played at Wraith Rovers where we were quite one dimensional. That was a game where everyone gets sent off and Wraith really sunk, you know, really sunk the boot in. Mm. And it's got to be really, really educational for us to see, you know, what the main difference is mm. uh, and, and what he brings to it. So today will be quite graphic and maybe this will, maybe this is going out too early. Maybe we should have left this to no, afterwards. Well, let's dig into nuts and bolts of that then. So the, uh, the team sheets out and it looks as if he's lining up, what do you call it? Four three three or four five one. It's on paper. It's back to the lineup of the team that went on the five game winning run in the league, and actually the Rovers game six six wins on the trot. Uh, and I mean, given that, I think it makes sense. Uh, but say four three three four five one rather than last week, you tried to play both up for it and keep it doing nothing each. So very small sample size. Looks like it didn't work. Midfield is the, the topic of the most conversation online. So today it's going to be Mackay, Miller and Roberts. Uh, people are shouting for Wedderburn to come back in. Uh, we've got a new loan uh, midfielder from Hibs. Don't know what he's like yet. We'll find out in due course. I mean, John, you, you do the match reports. You see every game. What do you think is the best formation and who would you deploy in, in the midfield? Well, it, it depends. It has to be horses for courses, you, and I can understand why managers make changes. The difficulty that, that is faced, uh, think about it, we're unbeaten in the league in 2020, which is a strange thing to say because a lot of people are unhappy with the results. I'm kind of unhappy because I see the way things go, we should beat the teams in the bottom half. So we dropped three against Clyde, and we dropped two against Renra. Now, that is really the ones where... where, where I don't think we've got our tactics right. Uh, the best formation, I just think we should close teams down. The best personnel for that are the team, the players who, who were successful during that run. I hear a lot of different opinions about Curtis Roberts, and I'll nail, uh, nail my flag to the mast. Curtis Roberts' energy levels, I would cite one goal, for example, the Albert Rovers goal. For someone who gets back and blocks the ball and gets all the way forward to score the goal the full length of the park to me depicts uh, the kind of energy 
uh, you know, the, I only see from one other player, and that's Callum Smith, who's non-stop, you know, from the start of the game. Uh, so I, I honestly don't know the best tactics because I don't watch the opposition all the time. Mm. I know what's successful. Close teams down and pass the ball in the deck. That's all I would ask my players to do. As for formations, I'll leave that to the managers and they can they can sort it out as to who they think because they've done a, a semi-successful job. We're higher placed than we've been in many seasons before. Uh, I think we're almost certain uh, to be on, in the playoffs. So I would leave that to them. And I'm not a master tactician when it comes to actually placing players. I'm happy with the team that's out today. Though. Okay. Um, personnel, Gordon, you said you like uh, Paul Mackay. So what, what is it about, and there's a lot of calls for him to be dropped and whether Burnley be put in or someone else to be put in. What is it you think he brings to the team and why would you keep him in the start? Yeah, the put on the spot kind of defending one yeah. player, I guess. But I think I think what kind of goes on seeing is that he, he is actually, he's one of these guys that's sort of statistically quite good, even if he's not completely pleasing on the eye. He scored goals and, you know, John cited Curtis Roberts' goal against the Rovers. Mackay had a similar-ish kind of goal against Falkirk up at their stadium when we won that day, um, you know, where they won the ball in midfield, they got forward and they get the end of, I think it was Callum Gallagher that put the cross in, if I can remember rightly, um, you know, where he headed that one home. And he gets the ball in the box, he can drive into the box as well. The last time he played Wraith Rovers, he should have had a penalty, I think, Kieran McDonald clearly kind of brought him down at that point, you know, early in the second half. And he does that quite a lot and it, it kind of goes unnoticed that he does get in the box a lot and he's... It, not very pleasing in the eye for a midfielder, he's not exactly Diego Maradona, but he does get up and down the pitch and I think it's just the midfield kind of tends to be the balance that we've got in there. Um, just now no one wants to show and take the ball off our defence so we constantly play long balls and um, I don't think it really, to be honest, I'm not a great fan of formations, formations, formations all the time. It's what you do within the formations, it's the tactics that you employ rather than the, the actual formation but when we're taught about you know, formations, we're talking about a certain style of play, and we talk 4 4 2, we're talking about getting the ball out to the wingers and delivering balls into the box and, you know, box to box midfielders and that. So, you know, it's kind of irrelevant, but I just think at the moment we don't take the ball off the defence at all. The defenders don't have an option and then they go long. We don't have big centre forwards to win the ball and hold it up. So sometimes, like the game at Wraith Rovers, where, you know, we were, you know, they, they, they pretty much camped in, they had the cheap lead, they camped in. And we couldn't really vary our play, you know, to, to change that. And, um, you know, we've got to play in a certain way. When we've got the kind of smaller, more agile strikers that we've got, maybe you want to be playing through a wee bit more. And that's where, you know, do you want guys like Dean Hawkshaw on that who can really thread a pass? We, we don't have that in the team at times. And, um, it, it, you know, I think other teams have sussed out for the, you know, that early six-game burst that we talked about. Teams are starting to suss out. They were starting to sit deeper like Wraith Rovers did that day and became quite predictable. And um, I think that's something that we need to guard against. So, you know, we've got the team that we've got now until the end of the season and we need to make it work. And I think what we've done today, we're praying that I don't obviously get... Um, you know, made made a muggy. You know, you know, be this going out right before the game. But I think going back to what worked for us for that spell. But we've also got Andy Ryan up front, which gives us a wee bit extra. I know he's changed the goalie as well. I don't think that'll make an awful difference to be honest about it. But um, we're going back to what you know what worked, and I think we need to kind of pay heed to that. But we mentioned the the um, the Clyde game was a major disappointment, John. That came after the you know the Christmas party week. There was players dropped, and I know that was one of the games at Curtis Roberts. You know, was first left out and we changed things. It obviously backfired on us. And it was the same last week when we drew against uh, Stranraer. 
you know, Roberts was dropped again. He seemingly was completely out the, you know, the not even in the bench. He was completely out the match day squad, but it was only an illness to the the American boy Barman, um, you know, that brought him even back onto the bench. So something's obviously not quite right there, and you know, we we're no privy to management decisions. Of, you know, why did that happen? But they're kind of things that are backfiring on us. But you know, it's easy to blame the manager if we, you know, if we don't win those games. But if there's something going on behind the scenes that he's got to deal with in a management kind of way, then you know that's on the players. The whole culture at the club's got to be right. You know, for us running, we've got thirteen or fourteen games left. You know, thirteen or fourteen cup finals. We need we need everyone pulling together, not because the players, the managers, everyone been on the same page. And we had a good window. We had a really great window. We signed Andy Ryan, we signed McCann, we signed up a lot of players on longer-term deals, so we really need to start getting it together now. And I'm glad that today we've went back to what works. Let's just see if it does. Do you think central midfield's the weak point in the team? So you've said we've signed up, I mean, I think we've signed up all our key performers for to the end of next season. That's not any of the central mids. We've not seen any in the window. It's January. I mean, if there's guys who are tearing it up in an unbreak position, why would the club let them go? So you probably then have to take the punt on a, a loan signing. I look at where we've brought them in from. So Queen's Park, where the ones played at a higher level, but that was a while ago and he's kind of found himself being a League One player. Uh, Miller was there last season, probably looks better this season, but he's a League One player. Mackay hasn't played senior football at any level. You could say the same about Kerr. So... It's not as if you can really say anyone's come in and they're massively underperforming. It just feels to me as if that's maybe the place we don't have as much strength. And so Murray's trying to tinker all the time to find what's the balance that lets us compete with other teams. Do you think that's fair, John? Yeah, well, I think the thing is, even you play against a team that you know are going to camp in, you've got to be smarter and quicker with the ball. If you're not going to be quick with the ball, they can regroup. And, you know, they played Srinrap. I had an experienced manager there who's simply going to get the ball cleared, etc., and see what breaks for you. And it, it, you, then you start wondering, oh my goodness, I hope we don't lose a goal now, otherwise we're really chasing the game. So to me, to me it's back to the two main uh, attributes that were uh, relevant throughout the time, quicker passing and closing down. Everybody was working in tandem. They were passing as a unit and playing the ball quicker, and it allowed McDonald and McCann to actually make you know better runs uh, into space, etc. And players were doing that. Uh, that's all I ask for the players, uh, the management to, to seek that kind of performance. Uh, I agree with Gordon. Too many high balls uh, are a fruitless venture. Although Ryan will win a lot more, but it's the second ball then becomes relevant. And I don't think we're, we're, we're grasping enough. We're playing against a very physical side today. One of the probably way more physical than any other side in the league, and uh, go beyond even. I don't even think, yeah, maybe they would get in the Beastie Boys teams because of some of the challenges some of them make and the record some some of the players have. But uh, they're trying to win the, the league at all costs because financially for Aith Rovers, it's a difficult journey that they're on and they've thrown a lot at it. So I, I just want the players quicker ball and, uh, you know, closing down quicker. Everything's got to be done with a greater pace. And I hate seeing Crichton's the only ball, ball, uh, player for me who can actually play a decent long ball from defence. The rest can't, in my opinion. Uh, Gordon's playing a face, he disagrees. <laughs> you, you've, you've commented before, you don't, you don't okay, read Crichton's distribution. And, 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 and the puns, but I love the guy, he bits, so he's you know, a great captain, warrior, 
he's one of the guys that never ever gave up last year. But that kind of brings me back to the, the kind of the question, you know, at the start, you know, and is the midfield the weak point of the team? That is what it is. Um, but there's good players in there, you know, Kieran Miller, you know, works his socks off, try to win second balls and whatever all the time. Mackay, as I said, I think he's, he's he's vastly underrated and maligned with the fans, but and he contributes a lot to his going forward. Curtis Roberts, I think, is a, a smashing player. I'm not sure what his best position is. I'd love to see Hawkshaw get more of a chance, but I think I, th- I think it's one of these situations where rather than look, because we've got what we've got, and we've got a team that are battling for us every single week. We've got a team that whenever we've lost the goal in a game, I've always thought we can come back. And we talked about the Wraith Rovers defeat up there, the Clyde defeat. Really disappointing game last week against Stranraer. The outcomes. Every one of the games, there was clear, really clear penalty claims for us to get back in the games. And in football, you need to make your own luck. We kind of rely on that. But the team itself are not going out there and getting smashed like we've done. We're not getting the seven-one games against our growth a couple of years ago. The the seven-nil defeats at Party, seven-two defeats at Albion. We're not getting that anymore with this team. This team are battling for us, and we can see that. Team spirit and Big Sean's obviously a huge part of that as well. I know he's, I know personally that he's, you know, had a great influence in the dressing room and it's a great dressing room we've got now at the moment. And um, that team are giving us everything. So rather than look at what's the weak point, I'm kind of like think to myself, what are the positives? You know, what what can we build on? Um, rather than you know what can we destroy? That team, every single player in that team, that squad, has given us every single thing they've got, and I think we need to appreciate <coughs> that as well. Um, rather than kind of bring it down, would we change things? When we go up this season, I'm hoping we go up this season, obviously. But, you know, yeah, we will. We'll definitely need to change. You know, we'll, we'll need something else in defence. We'll definitely need something else in midfield. But hopefully we can then bring Andy Ryan back, you know, permanently or whatever. But um, it's not so much about what's, what's wrong. I think we need to look at what we've got. We've got a real team of battlers here that we just really need to get behind. And I'm sure they'll all get it right. I think we've got more than enough talent in this squad to actually kind of like get our, our challenge back on. Obviously, obviously we're saying this before the game and this will go out after it so I could look like a real mug here if we're, you know, for seven points down today. But, you know, if we're still within four or within one point, you know, that league's on and I think this team can, I really do think this team can get us there. Yeah, it could be better, it could be silkier looking, we could play through the middle, but we've got what we've got now we need to make it work. But I think every one of the players will give us every single thing they've got in every single game and I think Kind of need to appreciate that as well. So. You're prone to overreactions as a football fan. Yeah. It's either it's brilliant or it's terrible. The quiet game away, even though it was like, it was an awful afternoon and it, it brought the run to a kind of screaming halt as well. <laughs> when they were 2 0 up, there was a spell in the game where we were absolutely all over. I thought yeah. we did play some really good passing yeah, football. Some... The Thistle game at the start of the season, we played some brilliant football. The second half against Clyde, Clyde at home, so it's not as if we need to play long ball. I think that's yeah. maybe the frustration among the fans yeah. as well. Whatever limitations there are, don't give it up and just go to one all the time yeah. because we can get the ball down and pass. Constantly. I think I think that's that is a plan B that I think's maybe needing a bit of work, you know, if it's not working like that and but I think it'll come good again, I really do. And you know, obviously Ryan said a, a game and a bit to settle in and you know, it might still take a week or two or whatever, but I think we can collect good. We've done it before in different runs when we went to the title, like Sandy's team in 04. You know, it took to the end of February before that team really quite, but by God, they went on a run. And, you know, these guys can do it. I think, I think the, the good thing that we can look at is that there's a platform there. John said earlier on, unbeaten in the league this calendar year, I think it's only two or three games, but it's something and, and it kind of backs up the point that the team are still on their pitch and even when we're not playing particularly well and while there might be things where you know the managers maybe had to make a few decisions maybe to wake someone up or 
or whatever. It's been disappointing at times when you turn up, you see the team sheet, you think, what the, you know, what's going on here? Well, last week, people are saying, why is there four centre-halves in the starting line? Yeah, and, and, but it's about getting the right balance of attributes and skills. I'll be honest, as soon as I seen the team last week, I kind of knew myself it was going to be trouble, but the first 10 minutes looked as though we've got to totally blow strand right away, but they sat deeply frustrated as we fell into the old habits again. And you know, I don't think we got it right last week, and that's obviously that's obviously born in the you know the team selection that we're seeing today. That they have changed that again, went back to what was working. So uh, you know, these things happen in football, and I'm just hoping that you know something's obviously clearly you know the Curtis thing, for example, has been a big bone of contention on the social media and that. But the common denominator with a player getting you know seemingly dropped two or three times this season has been, and I hope that doesn't happen again. He's a cracking player. If there's something up and the manager needs to, to do something for one week, then, then we probably need to take it. If that's going to make him right for the next 13 or 14 games that's left, then then it's, it's, it's probably for the it's better. It's a difficult so one because it... We it, don't know the details. But it makes it, for the fans' perspective, it makes him an easy target. If he's dropped the fans' favourite and then you've not won the game, then it's easy to see... Why did you start at four centre halves yeah. and why you know cut straw? But whereas if it comes off, then it's so well. Yeah, and he can't he can't throw the boy under the bus if he's done something stupid or been disrupted. The manager can't throw him under the bus and can't actually say what's wrong. So that leaves us open to be prejudiced, and, you know, against the manager presumably for dropping the fans. So it's a a no win situation. But he's he's got certain responsibilities that he's got to do. He cannot throw his players under the bus, and he may have just you know if I'm presuming that he's maybe not been happy with something. So he's got to kind of as a manager got to kind of try and get this boy right. And I think that's his long term ambition is to make sure that you know he's there and perform at his best for the rest of the season. So. Fingers crossed it works. That, that's management for you, unfortunately. We've all been there, I would imagine, in our different jobs. Right, very quickly to, to finish, because John's got to get away and get prepped for the, the match report. The Harps game was uh, arguably the biggest game of the season, certainly in terms of attendance and stuff. I was really looking forward to it. do a special podcast. I thought there was maybe some magic about we were going to stop Harps yet again. If the game had come a month and a half earlier, it might have suited us better. Uh, I was hoping for a total eclipse of the heart ended up with a Maroon 5 number, mm. but there you go. Uh, John, what did you make of the day out to the capital? Uh, very disappointing because it reminded me actually of the 1995 Scottish Cup final where we were going to play a team Celtic who were low in confidence and under real pressure uh, and uh, some a team, you know, we, we were on a high going forward because how well we had performed throughout the whole of the season, 94-95. Uh, and I had real confidence and I didn't think we actually laid a glove on them whereas in 92 we, you know, at least gave Rangers a wee run at the last 10 minutes against Celtic we'd done nothing and the Hearts game was reminiscent of that uh, it left me disappointed because in the build up to it we were going on about how we, uh, you know, we beat Hearts so many times and we thought this is just taken for granted even they felt the same uh, I met Jimmy Sanderson at half time and he was saying that's still quite a close game and he was saying that all the lads are coming through for the Peterhead game etc and uh, uh, so something's happening then but I mean I, I think the the overall result it was something Hearts needed their their need was greater because our need is promotion their need was simply to get a result and they've kicked on from that so you can see how that is but disappointment Especially for the, the numbers that, that came along, you know, because it seems we have a habit of whenever this happens, we turn out numbers, sometimes we, it doesn't kick in for us, especially at home, which is disappointing. Yeah. I mean, I thought the, the Sean Clare volley finish was 
okay, but your time and space to pick out was technically very, very good. Every other goal was like the cross for the first one that hits the side net, it's like something when you play fives, and then there was a lot of just like byline cut back goal and made us look really, really bad. I mean, it was great to have such a big crowd again. I thought the atmosphere was, was good. I like the, uh, the, the sea that this Donald Trump flag seems to cause across uh, Twitter. I don't quite get what's, uh, why people are so offended, but uh, in football in terms, we did, I think you're afraid is we, we didn't lay a glove on them. That was definitely my feeling. Callum Smith looked like a good, tricky young player at points, but that was about it. And actually, Hutton being dropped last week, he looked nervous as a kitten to me. He was like, he was parrying everything and it might have, though it was a free hit, it might actually have impacted on kind of last week's performances, is my feeling on it. I'm not sure it had a lot to do with last week, to be honest. I think the team have always bounced back for kind of negatives. And um, last week was just a bad performance, I think, in its own right. The Harps game, for me, reminded me more of the, the, the early games of the 1990s when we when we just first went into the Premier League. We went and got tanked 5-0 at Ibrooks, if I can remember right, and maybe a 4-0 or something like that as well at one point. It reminded me of those games. It was a kind of learning curve. And the thing I took for the Harps game was that I think quite a lot of our young players have actually got potential to go up the leagues. I thought McCann and McDonald. McDonald obviously got dropped after it, so maybe I don't know as well, but I thought McCann and McDonald looked good. And I thought... And I'm going to get shot for this one, but I, I kind of thought that you know Kerr and Mackay actually looked like they could be central defenders at a kind of higher level than we're at, but they need experience. It's about a year or two away from being you know proper. But I, I was looking at it, and it was the younger players actually seem to kind of thrive and do well. Carl Smith is outstanding, and um, I, I think there's actually like a decent young core at the club. I at half time we thought. Next goal would probably win it if we could have came. We, we did play well for the rest of the first half after losing a really cheap, sloppy goal. Short corner again as well, you know, which is really, really gotten. And um, there was a lot of years where I think at half-time, we could do this. You know, we, we actually still felt quite confident. But as you say, that Sean Clare goal just totally knocked his stuff in so soon after half-time as well. And um, the game was over in a contest. But, you know, as John said there, that... Our needs promotion. That I think, I think the team actually went up there rather than sit in and try and grind out a result or a replay. I think we were up there and thought, you know, if we can win, we win. If we don't, we don't. I don't think we counted in a 5 0 defeat, which was the really kind of gotten back. Yeah, I think we could have took 1 0 or 2 0 and a, a really good performance, but I think the, the team almost gave up. Some of the substitutions towards the end, like Nat coming on, you know, and, you know, as a straight replacement rather than either attacking or showing up. It, it just didn't make much sense, some of the. You know, some of the stuff that went on afterwards, but the, thing, the only thing I took out that was that actually, I think some of our younger players are actually really decent, and you know, that kind of got me. I was really pleased that we had signed McCann and um, McDonald, you know, they're on long term deals, and I thought they were looking real classy. It reminded me a lot of Sandy Stewart and Jimmy Boyle in the early 90s, these two boys, I think they're, they're tremendous looking, and um, yeah, it's just a disappointment. I wish it didn't happen now, but you know. It just kind of reaffirmed to me that the league's, you know, where we are, we need to get in that championship and, you know, get a better quality player in and a lot of positions. And I think the Hearts game just sort of showed us a wee bit of what we need to do, you know, for going forward and what we need. To finish then, predictions for today, the throwers game, I'll go for one each draw. That's me being, that's me being optimistic because <laughs> I'm not even, <laughs> even sure on that. Yeah. John, any guess? 
I'll go for 2-1. They're overdue to beat Raith Rovers. Their long run has just been very poor. Plus, we need to put a marker down because if they don't win the league, I think Falkirk will. And therefore, uh, by that process, we are destined to play Raith Rovers another twice should both make the playoffs. Probably so, the same uh, as the playoff as well, isn't it? So, uh, you know, you've got to put a marker down. Uh, both times, Raith Rovers against us have not played well and won. Yeah. And that disappoints me. So, uh, I'll go for 2-1. Um, I'm going to go for Sean Crichton and Callum Fordyce to go and absolutely smash Ian Davison and Ken Kyle Benedictus in the first couple of minutes and show them that we're going to sink the boot today. Kieran Miller's going to play keepy up with Matthews in the middle of the park and I think we should just go out there and absolutely try and batter them today um, in the first 10 minutes of the game. Take a few bookings and actually smash them. Um, see how the game goes after that. Don't, don't let them bully us today. Um, I'd, I'd actually put Josh Kevin Weatherburn on for the first 10 minutes of the game just to take a man out, take a booting and then substitute them for the team we want to play but um, I'm hoping we can win um, praying that we can win I really hope we don't get beat uh, I think that would be a real kind of negative for all the good things that's been happening around about the club so um, I'm a wee bit nervous I hope we can win I would go out there and try and smash somebody first on lay down a marker they keep doing it to us so. Is that Guardiola's coaching man that one's from? Absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes you need to stand up for yourself and get your retaliation in first. They look to us all the time. So, yeah, I'm hoping we, hope we get a wee win. I hope Andy Ryan can go on the score sheet. And, um, yeah, just as long as we're still in it next week, that's the main thing. Okay, thanks very much, guys. Let's hope we have a good game. Thanks for listening to the OTL podcast. Massive thanks to our new sponsor, Beer52. Please give them a try. 4 you'll get eight beers. If you don't like it, you can cancel there and then. And £5 will go to your tree ladies, regardless of how long you stay with them. Massive thanks as always to the Four Isles. They helped us out at very short notice. And if you're booking a function in Airtree anytime soon, please check them out. There's no podcast without the panellists. And so massive thanks to John O'Brien and Gordon Thompson for sharing their thoughts. You can find the OTL podcast on Twitter and Facebook at OTL Podcast. And all our musical numbers that are on YouTube. Search for A Song for Airdrie. Today's game might not have gone as well with the light, but let's hope we bounce back starting next week at Dumbarton. Thanks for listening.